Hey, you're listening to the Church League Podcast. Today we talk about Chris Paul and Bradley Beal and if the Suns are any better than they were before the trade. Uh, we have a special guest this week who we're really excited to draft with. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stories. There's going to be a lot of Indiana talk. So buckle up. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Church League Podcast. Uh, today we're in a new location. Um, I'm here with Corey this week. He's hey, back. I know. They invited me back. And we're here with our special guest, who we talked about a little bit last week, Rick Leach. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Honestly, yeah. I'm excited that you're here. See, I think yeah. they tried to kick me out last week, and then I had to I had to actually fight James. I, mean, uh, we had to, I put him in submission hold, <laughs> and then I got to come back and... Oh, we so, thought, we, so now James has to fight Rick to get back. I think uh, that's going to we'll be see an how interesting that works. take. And James I, is not that tall, so um, <laughs> he's going to listen to this and hate that. But that's fine. We're also uh, we're at remote uh, location. Remote location. One of my favorite places on the planet, Springville Bible Camp. Corey has mentioned it a bunch. Yeah, Mitchell, Indiana. Um, Give Mitchell, a shout out. This Mitchell, place is real. and an Indiana reference. Yes, uh, absolutely. And even more specific, we are inside the canteen at Springville Bible Camp. Yeah. So if you don't know what the canteen is, um, during the week the kids get to come get a snack, and um, and we treat them treat them like royalty. We have yeah. some really good stuff in here. There's ice creams and candies and you know, drinks and stuff, and we have a blast in here as counselors. We have way too much fun. Absolutely. It's not for the faint of heart, no. and it makes camp special. There's so this of, is a very special place for me. A lot of throwing of candy. Uh, when, you, when we said, let's do this in the canteen, I got goosebumps a little bit. Like, this makes this podcast special. It's so cool. I uh, And if, if you notice that my voice maybe sounds a little weird, a little raspy, it's because I did the evening session of canteen, and like lost my voice yelling bomb pop too loud and like bing bong big red that's how ridiculous it gets <laughs> um i threw a Several pieces of bubble gum at children. Not that hard. They're fine. Um, but it's a great time. Yeah. It is. Is um, this 60 years of Spring Mill? 60 years of Spring Mill. That's a I big am, deal. Uh, I am an arm's length away from dozens of full size candy bars. <laughs> hey, and, we're uh, also so in the midst of royalty. Rick is the president of the board at Spring yes, Mill. He is. So. Yes, if you could cue up the Hail to the Chief music. Yeah, 100%. That. I can get that. It's uh, coming. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say historical reference. I don't think a podcast has ever been recorded in the canteen. So I like doing things for the first time. That's amazing. That's, That's awesome. That's fantastic. I. 60 years, never been done. Granted, they didn't have podcasts for the first That's whatever, fair. But. Um, but I started coming to camp in like 99, maybe 2000. And that's when I first met Rick. He had, he, I think he had just become the director. Yeah. And uh, him and my dad were pretty close. And my dad was a minister in Louisville, Kentucky. And we ended up coming to camp. I was, I was eight, nine years old. And man, those first few years were... I have some stories that I won't tell right now because yeah. they're really embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, Rick, you have been a very special person in my life, and it, it is honestly, I'm so glad that we're able to kind of share this podcast, especially with you too, Corey. Like this is like really full circle. Like you did my wedding. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rick has known me since I was like nine years old, yeah. and to be able to have this moment is super, super cool. For real. So yeah. And thank and you guys. Low key, Rick is a not just a big supporter; he critiques our episodes. Hundred percent. So he he, con he comments and lets us know what. He would have said he keeps us on our toes, and so um, we're ready. I and mean, we got a top five this week, and my goal is to just mess up his list. It'd be easy to do. Yeah. Um, Rick, would you like to say anything in particular about yourself that we haven't already said? 
Hey, I am um, uh, full-time ministry for probably, you know, a quarter century. I like saying that. It sounds better than just 25 years. <laughs> um, yep, known Rome Corey, like I said, and, and having it here at camp. I'm uh, engaged with the uh, Church League podcast from the beginning. I kind of fell behind. I was always kind of like an episode or two behind. And, uh, yeah, I would send messages with uh, and, and let them know every time. And I actually had a few other people that would tell me that my name had been dropped. So oh, yeah. I was always tuning in, anxious to catch up. And I'm thrilled that you gave me this opportunity. But I guess I, I've never met James. I've heard his voice. Yes. Those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what size shoes he wears. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to replace him and Wes, I hope this doesn't cause your ratings to just, you know, oh, no. plummet. But, they'll be fine. Well, okay. well, it's unique. Weston's here. You can't hear his voice. And not because the microphone's not close <laughs> to his mouth. He's actually back in your cabin, Roman. He is. Taking care of the kids while we're doing the podcast. As he should be as an intern. That's, that's his, his intern that's, job. That is his job. <laughs> that is special. Yep. So um, I'm so we're, about that. We, you know, we talk about Indiana a lot, which is why you get name dropped. Um, but we're also going to, we're here to talk about a whole lot of sports. Um, yep. And a fair amount of stuff happened this week. And it's been interesting because, you know, while you're at camp, at least for me anyway, I tend to disconnect a little bit. So, like, I've had to catch up on a fair amount of these headlines, like, today. Um, though some of like the breaking news happened, like we'll start with some NBA stuff. Um, Chris Paul got traded for Bradley Beal. So now Bradley Beal's with the Suns. Um, Chris Paul's with Washington. Washington's a travesty anyway. It's not like I think they're making him any better. You said it's him, Russell Westbrook, and who is the other one? They've been um, on the same teams? Yeah, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and Bradley Beal have all been with Houston, oh, that's right. Clippers, yeah, Bradley Bradley Beal. and um, with Washington in these terrible trades. I don't think Chris Paul plays a game for the Wizards. Well, it doesn't really even make any sense for him to play a game. I mean, given... One, why would he? Why would he want to even play in Washington? Right. I think. I think at this point in his career, he's trying to win a championship. Sure. Um, I think. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rule out the possibility that he still loves the game, wants to play the game, right? Sure. But like, he's gonna be judged by the championships that he wins or he doesn't, and him being hurt in the playoffs or being yeah. unavailable in the playoffs hasn't been a good, you know, mark on his legacy. So, um, the Wizards are not poised to win. No, um, of course they're obviously, not. Obviously, um, Kyle Kuzma was like, "I'm sitting out." I'm I'm going to free agency. Yeah, and, and that's not a big deal, but that's a I think that's an indicator of how the Wizards feel about right. what they're doing with this team. So you know we 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 say like he wants to win a championship. Like people say that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and there's no way that I would ever assume that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I get he's had longevity and he can pass the ball kind of well or whatever. I hate the way that he plays. Like for the foul, Kyle Lowry's the same way for me. Um, right, but if he wins a championship. Does he for sure get in the Hall of Fame? Well, let's get it clear. He's not winning a championship. He's going to be on a team that wins the championship. Well, it's so yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's not going to be the guy. Yeah, and not, not like Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Wow, Kyle Kyle Lowry. Lowry yes, wasn't either. But he was a big big part of the Heat making the run that they did. Sure, he was speeding up tempo in those games. He was adding some savvy right. veteran. I mean, in getting the fouls. That's what they allow. That's what they allow. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there'll be some more adjustments than that. And I think in a couple of years, guys like them aren't going to be able to play like that anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, but I'd like to see Chris Paul have a chance. It's very ironic to me that he has all these close friendships with these players who have won championships and right. he's never been on any other teams. Wait, can we hold on? Time out. Chris Paul has had plenty of chances. He's played with some pretty incredible human beings. He has had the chances. He's just decided that his body was going to give up in the playoffs. So, like, he could have just been in better shape. I do, I'm interested. Uh, Rick, I know you're a Larry Bird guy. We're in Indiana, so it makes a lot of sense. I know you're a Larry Bird guy, too. Corey, We're not so. just in Indiana. We're in Larry Bird's backyard. That's right. Um, my, mom, my mom actually lives in French Lake. I probably could take me to his house if I wanted to. That's crazy. They, they like you they should like, do that. Field he trip. goes around town and they just wave at him like they don't 
He's not. It's not a big deal. He's, uh, he's can we Larry change? Bird. Do the camp photo there instead of here? That's crazy. Larry Bird's backyard. Get Larry Bird in it. Podcast. I'd be another remote remote location. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, all right. So, question for you two, Larry. If Larry Bird wins zero championships, is he still in the Hall of Fame? Well, there's a lot of silence right there. Right? No, so, I, th- I, mean, I, th- like, I think so. I mean, we're talking about Nicole Jokic, and the only comparable stats are Larry Bird's stats. Right. So um, th- that would bring him into the relevant conversation of Hall of Fame, even if he hadn't won championships yeah. currently. Um, so, you know, his story, we're t- our top five, we're talking about sort of what makes sports great, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the Larry Bird story is what makes sports great, right? Like sure. the the small town hero, that type of thing. Well, and so, like, really, that story without a championship still will yeah. – we'll, tug at the heartstrings of people and still be a relevant conversation in sports. So, sure. Are championships I think, that big a deal for the Hall of Fame in it, basketball? It seems it, like... It feels like it. Okay. I mean, I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not cutting you off. I'm interested. Right. Like, it, it, it isn't it isn't to me as much because it's a, it's a super heavy team sport. Like, clearly Jordan couldn't win. Jordan couldn't get the first round without a team. Um, Rick, I don't know if he's kind of a Jordan hater, by the way. I'm not a Jordan hater. I'm not a Jordan hater, but he couldn't make it out of the first round without Scottie Pippen. And LeBron James took Mo Williams in the NBA Finals. So, like, whatever. But I I, I think that people tend to care too much about championships. I'm just looking at Um, Rick right now to see when we're going to attack on this Jordan (laughs) thing because we're ready. Uh, Good good question. Like, Robert Ory won a bunch of championships. Right. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame more than Larry Bird without any championships? Big shot Bob? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, of course not. Okay, so let's get realistic here. Yeah. Stats important. Sure. I think um, characters are important. Chris Paul... he, if you had an action figure for great sports guys mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, could Chris Paul be in that? Yeah, for a while he was. Yeah. Um, being on a State Farm commercials and things, State Farm, if you want to sponsor us, we're here for that. That'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> I need better insurance. I think so he's got uh, era. So, there's some kind of aura about him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes him an everyday conversation and people are like, okay, I know who that is or I would recognize him. Larry Bird even more so. Mm-hmm. And Larry Bird for a number of different reasons. Um, I think yes, obviously I think Larry Bird would be in the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm gonna make another hot take is that I don't think the Suns are any better any better with Bradley Beal. They have the exact same problems that they that they had last year, they do this year. There's still no depth. All they did was add another score that doesn't really do much yep. without the ball. Yep. So you got Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. Um, DeAndre Ayton, who is might be the best player without the ball on their team, which is right. ludicrous. Well, only one player gets the ball. I, exactly. And so, what is like, unless unless Bradley Beal is a hundred percent willing to completely change his entire game, which I don't know why he would. He's a great scorer. He just can't shoot the three, which yet again doesn't help that team. I I don't I don't I don't think the I think the Suns are worse. I think the Suns are worse. It's going to be interesting. I think if they if you actually give them time to play together, and that's what they didn't have this year, the, the story is still unwritten, right? Yeah. If Bradley Beal could do sort of what James Harden has done, mm-hmm. is reinvent himself in a way. Now, James Harden toward the end of the playoff run this year for the Sixers was kind of old school James Harden. Yeah. He seems to be in better shape, but he has changed his game to be less ball dominant. And let yeah. Joel Embiid do that. If if Bradley Beal can sort of adjust, and I think we're going to see a new blueprint from players who are getting a certain age where yeah. they're going to have to do that. And Chris Paul probably needs to figure out what that's going to be. Yeah, I think the team has to be the right fit. Right. I think he obviously stated, you know, sometimes things happen and you're not ready for it. I don't think he was expecting this trade. Sure. I don't think he's going to honor it. He's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I I I hate to see 
Chris Paul in Washington. I think it's a waste of talent, but it is what it is. But if you're going to see him in Washington, to where we're going to see him, because that's closest to us. Uh, it's fair. Not in I, this location, but I'm, in Virginia Beach, no, where we're not at. Like yes. on my bucket list of players to go see. Right, um, and it doesn't make him more appealing for me to watch the Wizards. Neither does Cal Kuzma. I just want to say his name twice. Yeah, we're saying it twice, and he's not even the best free agent on the market. It's Draymond Green. Yes, Draymond Green is. Um, he decided to not take. Is it he took his player option or he didn't take his player option? I think it's he didn't. I guess. Uh, like twenty six point seven million dollars. He was like, no, I don't need it. He thinks he's gonna go. He thinks he's gonna get more out of you know free agency, unrestricted free agent. Um, I, I love watching Draymond Green play. He's the guy that you want on your team, uh, and it's awesome. But when he's not on your team, he's the worst. And I don't want to play against him. Uh, but I love watching the Warrior basketball, and Draymond Green is clearly an elite level defender even now. So. I, It'd be interesting to see where if he ends up not in Golden State, he's going to help. I mean, he helps any team he goes he's to. He's a team guy. Yeah. Now, <laughs> he he adds a lot of emotion to a team. So he will expose drama, and he'll create it. But if there's re- drama, he's going he's gonna to perpetuate some of that if, yeah. and bring it to the forefront. And either they're going to expel it or they're going to have to manage it at some point. Um, I think he makes any contender more gritty, more edgy, yeah. more more intelligent. And, um, and I and really harder to deal with, not only defensively, but he's a great passer. Yeah, he is. And his shot is just shot. He's not meant to shoot threes, but he can if he has to. Um, but he is a liability on shot. offense in that way, but if he's passing the ball well, um, he really helps out teams. Where does he go? I mean, you guys, I was talking beforehand. I don't understand the NBA salary structure for the common fan. I don't understand all of it. Right. Uh, so, obviously, he's – decline this option mm-hmm. who's in line who, who can afford him who's got the ability to sign him uh based on i don't know if you follow payroll that closely enough right i mean prediction i honestly i'd love to see uh, maybe portland man like you imagine damian lillard with somebody who could pass the ball and plays good defense and, and portland's got an early pick now i don't know if a, yeah. a new uh, yeah. like a rookie comes in really helps um, it's it'll be interesting to see. Like sometimes they they front load or back load those contracts, right? And so they could make they could get him cheap early, back loaded, get rid of him late. You know, right. save a lot of money on the cap, that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, the the Lakers are going to try to make a push if they keep LeBron. Right. Um, you know that would be very interesting. Um, you know, with those kind of personalities. Um, I don't think it makes sense for them to even for the Lakers to even keep LeBron. I I mean. They'll and, get nothing out of it. Unless him. they're trying to push for a championship run. Right, which I guess then grab Draymond if you have the opportunity. And what um, else are the Lakers trying to do but win championships? Correct. They don't need to like have a – they're not trying to get a dynasty of just making the playoffs. Right. They're there to win championships or they're not. Yeah, well, then they need to get somebody better than Anthony Davis for Nikola, for Nikola Jokic because he got babied by him. I mean, it was crazy. To be fair – so did everyone else in the league. No, Jokic is nuts. He's so good. He's so good. He, he babies everybody. But, I mean, it, there is something to say about, like, everybody thinks Anthony Davis is phenomenal, yeah. like, phenomenal athlete. And you look at, you know, Jokic in his plastic chair as a kid with, you know, he's a big dude. Yeah. He was a big kid always, and well, he's coming in here and just – I mean, he's crushing people in the league. Yeah, in his draft evaluations, he he looked like he was out of shape and slow. Yes. And and this year in the playoffs, especially, he was in shape. He was. Oh, he was moving the ball. I I cannot tell, and I didn't get to talk last week about it because they they won their championship, and I missed the week of you know the podcast. The way that he won that and just 
didn't seem phased by it. All he wants to do is go home and spend time with his family. Yeah. Possibly lost the MVP trophy. He did definitely and didn't even the know that, like what day is the parade. Like he doesn't care about any of that. No. And, and being an NBA player is not his number one. It is not. I love him because of that. I'm like yeah. I am such a fan now because he is the most dominant player in the league. He is, and he doesn't need to be defined by that. No. Now Anthony Davis is a phenomenal athlete. Sure. He's an NBA player. Yes, he can play inside and out. I'll, I'll give it. I I don't like it. I'm, it's the whole Kentucky factor as well. Right. I think he should pluck the eyebrow. Just saying, Anthony Davis. Sorry, but um, but he could be and he should be a, a key component of a team to win a championship. He has to be more. Um, he has to be more regular. He can't have his ups and downs. He can't. Uh, and he, they need more game. shooting. Draymond Green doesn't help them shoot. Exactly. That's that's the thought. There is that they they need help in the on the perimeter, and that Draymond Green's not giving them that. Um, you you know. think of the teams that were in the playoffs that were expected. Um, the, you know the Bucks. Under underachieved, Boston underachieved. You know, I think Portland's too soon. I don't know. I think Draymond's going to go somewhere where he can win a championship. I'm going to make I'm going to make another hot take here. I don't think Boston underachieved. I think they're trash. I think they that is exactly who they are. That is an Eastern Eastern Conference Finals team. I think they got lucky when they made it uh, to play against Golden State. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the exact same human beings, except Jason Tatum can dribble with his left hand. Well, Rick, do you think when Boston saw the Bucks lose? They had championship on their mind. Champ- it's 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 the championship or bust, yeah. right? I think so. So um, so I think underachieving is w- who else is it going to be, right? And I think everyone really thought this was their year. Uh, Heat sure. surprised a lot of teams, um, but Boston, I feel like they did underachieve because they were there last year. You know, it was so interesting. I don't think the Heat should have been that surprising though. They had, I think they had the second second or third best record in the league after the All Star break. They were hurt at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and two years so ago they were there. But what have you done for me lately? And they finished the season rough. Sure. They, in the play-in, they looked bad, well, they and then the they got game, hot. Yeah. Well, but before the play-in game, like the they're like the bat, like the the second half of the season was good for them though because they got healthy. Now they, I mean, you lose a game to the Bulls in the play-in is rough. Like you should be doing that. Yeah. But they got their shooting got figured out. I don't know what happened with Caleb Martin not starting in the in the finals. Like that was weird. I guess he got hurt. Like, like yeah. a rib injury or something on the game seven versus Boston, but like why they decided to take their best scorer, which everybody says is Jimmy Butler, false statement. It was Caleb Martin in the playoffs. Um, Jimmy Butler's like, I'll give you 25 and I'll high five you, and then somebody else can get the rest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it's he's, I, I love Jimmy Butler. He's the best player on that team. Caleb Martin was the best scorer in these playoffs, and he, the ball got taken out of his hands, and I don't, and it had to have been an injury, right? And they're figuring out identity in the playoffs, sure. which is unfortunate. They had some injuries, Kyle, or, um, Tyler Hero not playing, yeah, and then possibly playing. I think they were a little better without him because their core right, I agree. group of players were playing better together. They're going to have to figure it out. It'll be interesting how they start out and and play during next year but um i don't know speaking of identity yeah john moran needs a new one um and so does the nba let's i am way probably way too passionate about this john moran decides to you know brandish a gun twice um in a and you know quote public setting by being by doing it like online or it was posted online right one was in a club one was in a like a someone's car some rapper's car and um it is he got only a 25 game suspension and that is infuriating I mean, we talked about it last week and i think i was probably a little bit overboard by saying that i think he should miss the whole year i actually am not that upset with that take like i would have been really okay with him 
not playing for a whole season, or I think even I mentioned like take him out of the playoffs. He's not allowed to play in the playoffs. I think yeah. that would be an even bigger punishment for Memphis. Um, I think seeing Memphis play with Draymond Green and that'd be nuts. Yeah. That's a crazy. That'd be so crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're not. They don't have Dylan Brooks now, so like whatever. But no, they have to keep Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. That play. Oh, they would. He, there'd be another punch it'd be in like, the face. It'd moment. be like UFC and basketball at the same that'd time. Be outrageous. I mean, the John Morant thing is frustrating to me because I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, it, it's highlighting something that's it's it's not healthy in sports. It's not healthy in our culture. It's highlighting something that um, where we appease to people who are who are popular or yeah. or, or talented, and um, and they don't have the same accountability as other people. Now, given he didn't break any laws of their state, no, but his employer said, "Hey, that's not okay." Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how many regular Joes get to keep their job right. when their employer says, "Don't do that again." In less than a few months later, six months, man, you're like, "Hey, I'm going to do it again." And he did show remorse. I wonder if the NBA knows a little bit more about his mental status. You know, they were concerned. There was a, a health wellness or a mental health wellness thing called because of some of his sure. his tweets. And I don't want to get into all that. That's so so touchy, so confidential. But I'm sure it was a wake-up call for him. And I hope that they're reading into this a little more than the rest of us can. I wish they were just a little more transparent with what their plan is and their stance. Because the NBA... The, the the typical NBA fan yeah. struggles with this kind of temptation a little more than other sports at times, right. and they have they have a responsibility that's heightened because of that. Yeah, that they need to be clear on how they feel about this. The right. NFL has done a good job of how they f- yeah. how clear they feel about beating um, or having a battery charge against a spouse or a girlfriend. They're very clear on drinking and driving for, for some instances Absolutely. that have happened. Yeah, yeah. In the NBA, this is the this is the thorn in the flesh for you guys that you need to deal with. Yeah. And you need to manage it in a way that the fan can feel comfortable that they're cheering for something that is respectable. Rick, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Because I can and you're here. Okay. All right. um, you, have a, you have a son um, who's in high school. Right. And... I, I don't know if he is a John Morant fan. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, like, he likes basketball. Like he right. plays, and I'm assuming right. he keeps up with it to a certain extent. So, does as a father, and let's say you have a, I mean, let's say your son is super into John Morant. Are it, I mean, are you really bothered by his actions, or is it more of a hey, it's what he did was legal, so like it's not that big of a deal, and like I'm, and we're not trying to get into the whole issue of like whether people showing guns or not. Like that's. We don't have enough time for that, but uh, I I'm interested, and and Corey, you can also chime in on yeah. this. You, you you have sons as well. I think that it's an interesting perspective to to have someone like John Morant, who is is an NBA player, so he's a role model, or he can be Charles Barkley and decide to not be one. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you what do you do? How do you look at that um, when it comes in regards to you being a dad? Oh. I- I, I said it earlier. I agree with you. I think the hammer should have been put down in this situation. Second time offense. It's yeah. Just huge to me. I, you know, and that, like I said, that, yeah, I don't think, I don't want the role model thing. I think you guys mentioned in a previous episode when all this kind of went down, uh, just what it's doing with the city of Memphis. I think you guys were talking about yes. kind of that from yeah. that perspective. Um, I mentioned, I think maybe to you, Corey, that uh, I just actually last week talked to a friend from, uh, I hadn't seen in a number of years. He's lived in Memphis now. Um, I asked him what he was about his time there in the city, about the time that he was there in the city, and uh, he indicated uh, he really liked his job there, but 
um, he was ready to move. I mean, as far as he, he doesn't plan to stay there long term. Yeah. He said he's living out of the downtown area, but it's a violent place where carjacking and threats of violence, is, it's just huge. Yeah. yeah. You live right there. I mean, we're, we're seeing it. We believe it's huge, but we're also um, far away, physical location, far away from where all this is taking place. Um, what I'm seeing, like, it, yeah, it's a bad look. I don't want, yeah, as a, as a father, um, I'm trying to teach my son to have, uh, to show grace to yeah, people who make sure, mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, and want to have that same kind of attitude toward him when he makes mistakes. But mm. um, if he makes a mistake and, and we work through it and then turn it around, he turns around and does the same yeah. thing again. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't like it at all. I think it's an interesting scenario. I, I, I try to pay attention to what my kids are watching. Yeah. And then I will respond with maybe my own personal feelings in a way that to see if they model what I'm, 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 I'm throwing down. Right. Right. And so, and if I, and I feel like they're seeing the, the good in, in what we're cheering for and they're, they're kind of managing the, the negative things and they can manage that in a healthy way. We can, even if it's not even sports, if it's a movie and there's something that I, I wish that it wasn't in a movie and we're like, Hey, we can talk about this. We can manage through it. I think that's a good thing for the kids to sort of deal with. Yeah. If I notice that they're sort of developing some of those healthy responses based on some of my modeling behavior, yeah. that makes me makes me comfortable. If they're doubling down on rebelling and picking up some things that are socially unacceptable in my own home right. because they want to be known for something that's edgy like that, then I'll probably course correct a little more sure. intentional, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the kids came in with a John Moran jersey because suddenly all this happened, because they haven't been fans before, right? I would have a serious conversation about what that means. I mean, we we we've got kids here at camp, right? Yeah. They wear clothes, they wear different things, they have T-shirts that say things. We've got one of our counselors, Derek Littleton. Shout out to him. Yeah, man. He wears T-shirts every day, multiple T-shirts a day that have different phrases that are positive. They're hilarious. If our kids came with negative shirts that they thought were funny. I'm going to course correct sure. and say, hey, you know better because yeah. it's attention-seeking behavior. And a lot of times, fandom is that. You're wearing a jersey from another man that plays a sport that's not your name because you're trying to get recognition that they have. Yeah. And if it's not – if you haven't been wearing that jersey when he's been playing good basketball and you just start wearing it because he's, he's in the news – what what do you what's the attention seeking behavior? Right, right. I think the bullets, the Washington Wizards. We were talking about that. They got rid of the bullets moniker because the attention seeking behavior was becoming a negative connotation to the league. Yeah, and so like let's change that. Um, a lot of um, you know the Redskins and other ones have racial connotations that that, uh, that maybe the NFL is trying to get away from. So right. the NBA needs to be smart about this. They need to understand the market in Memphis and what's really going on there and and do the best that they can but they they're not a magic fix for what's going on in memphis but john morant has a lot of responsibility and i really hope again i'm gonna say this again i really hope he takes that to heart and does the right thing because i think there are redeemable attributes in all people and john morant has a really really big opportunity to turn this into a big win for his story and the story of memphis yeah if he'll take on that effort Another idea here is that, and it's something you just said, Corey, and this is the last thing I'll say on it until next time. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> I think maybe he only got 25 games because the NBA does know the Memphis market. And that Memphis is like, yeah, that's who we are. We're about that life. Maybe. And Do you think they come to the games even if he's not playing? I mean, they've that's been why good. he only got 25 games. And that's they've been winning without him. So, like, I know he's the marquee player for that sure. market, Absolutely. and that's a that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, 
And you know the NBA, if the NBA, if there's something, if you could listen to me right now, yeah, <laughs> right. Adam if Silver, there's something, on. Adam Silver, that we're missing on this, let the fans know. Yeah, let the people know. So I mean, and don't don't come to a ruling. Decide to talk about it after the playoffs. Kind of lead it lead into it, but not really be upfront about what's going on. Just be honest and say, hey, this yeah. is a real issue, and this is how we want to we want to treat this as a real issue, and this is how we're going to do that. Yeah, and we're soft on it because of this or we're really 25 games is a big deal because of that put a monetary value on it is he losing his salary you know put right. put all those different things on it and, and help us understand yeah I, I it would be interesting to see what happens going forward i'm i'm looking forward to like seeing that develop um and i and i hope that it it becomes a positive thing and doesn't continue to go down you know well nba a, a bad path nba for me Regular season doesn't really matter, especially with the extended playoffs and the playing games. Sure. So 25 games in the regular season doesn't mean much to me. And the reality is I'm not watching any of those 25 games in the regular season. Exactly. You can get me to the playoffs and I'll watch it. But I don't care about the regular season and most fans don't. So this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of doesn't mean anything, the College World Series is happening. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. Hey, oh, hot take. How many are you guys actually watching in the men's college series? I like it's cool, and no, I, I love the atmosphere. I think yeah. it's awesome, but like I didn't know who's playing in it. I know it's, hey, now it's, TCU LSU. Yeah, that's awesome. Like the, cool, and uh, college baseball is. You should know your wife is a Texas A and M fan. She's yeah, gig'em. Well, gig'em. She can't stand yeah, TCU. I don't. Yeah, it is what it is. But like but, I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I, that's one of those things that like I would so much rather follow the Little League World Series. Oh, more absolutely. More than the College World yeah. Series. Don't get me started on that. But the, the, the College World Series is like baseball and MMA together because aluminum bats Dude, makes it feel like anybody man. could lose their life at any moment. Yes. It is so dangerous it's crazy. in there. It's, it's like a cage match. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. I know they do a lot with, like, the BB core bats, and they're making them, you know, I mean, some of them are crazy that how soft they can make that bat. But, dude, they're cranking home runs on a regular basis and I know so many upsets happen in the college world series and but I don't know I've it's talked to a lot of people who watch college ba baseball and Omaha's college world series right and and I think it is special um any any kind of culminating point in a in a in a team sport any kind of professional sport or even college sport is, is a big deal. So it's exciting to watch. I mean, I'll watch cornhole tournaments when there's nothing else on. Sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not hard to please, right? But um, I don't know. Where's, where's college baseball rank for you, Rick? I, I, well, I was going to almost ask until you just said it. Is it still in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska? Is yeah. it yes, been there I forever? So. Yeah. yeah. Would it benefit from a higher profile setting or time of year? I don't know. Yeah, um, I just no. think anytime Omaha said Peyton Manning says it, maybe that'll help. Omaha, yeah, yeah. So um, without, I mean, like honestly, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make an attempt here to pick a winner between TCU and LSU with knowing literally nothing, and because I love Jesus, I'm going with Texas Christian yeah, University. Frogs. I, I, I mean, why not? I think that the better story. Sure. Um, they're the, maybe they're not the traditional. Um, Oral Roberts is one of those two that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, oh, wow, there's some teams I haven't heard of in this in this spot. Yeah. yeah, so the College World Series does put a perspective on it to give some teams that maybe aren't traditional powerhouses in college sports a chance to highlight, you know, their teams, their their programs, and things like that. So, Rick, who do you got, TCU or LSU? Oh, I'll, I'll join in the TCU bandwagon. I'm it. all about bandwagon. All yes, right. sir. That's the death nail. I believe LSU's going to win hey, now. Uh, didn't Matt Carpenter go there? 
He did. He did. Matt Carpenter. Yes, he's a horn frog. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Is this, a, is this a St. Louis reference? Yeah, 100% right? it is. Yeah. Well, um, guess what? The Reds are in first place. I've been waiting for it. I mean, the, yeah. the, as soon as the season started, I was ready to say it. And then we delayed. I remember you can go back and check the, the records. We delayed recording today. Yeah. And the Reds were already a game game behind or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a full game up. They're on the 10-game winning streak. Um, I'm a Reds fan through and through. I don't talk about it often because it's tough to talk about. But I won't shut up about it until they're out of first place from now on. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I promise I won't. I no, I mean, I won't. normally it's 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 easy to be a Cardinals fan, but yeah. uh, not this year. I still expect the Cardinals to make a push. I mean, I'm, I've watched that league long enough to think, yeah. all right, they're going they're the class of the league. It's going to happen, but man, I don't know. I love that. I know Rick is a huge Cardinals guy, and it's I always nice it. to like have conversations at camp about the Cardinals, even if it's just like in little small doses here and there. And I mean, what we've won. A few in a row. We are four games in a row. Just double check. Man. We're red hot. That's what I'm talking red about. Red hot. Nice. You know where they get that red hot from? <laughs> the Reds. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, this year, definitely. definitely. I mean, what's really funny is that, I don't know if you follow, you guys probably don't. I'm assuming neither one of you have Twitter. Either one of you have Twitter? I have Twitter. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Follow Codify on Twitter, by the way. Uh, Codify, if you guys want to sponsor us, you should. Um, I follow Codify. That's what I'm talking. Oh, I, oh, I love man. you so much. I don't even Rick. know what you're talking about. It could be a different language. It's like a, no, no. They just they give they give lots of stats. Codify oh, still cool. has the Cardinals having the same amount of wins as Cincinnati. Hold at the end on. Of the season. So is this what you were referencing last night? We were talking about some of the defensive offensive stats. You're uh, like the, like where the Cardinals look like they're not doing as well as they are, but they I actually might have. that might have yeah, been yeah, 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 yeah. That's but cool. Now, I didn't get this from here, but I'll tell you right now. Currently in Major League Baseball, the card if you're familiar with run differential, yeah, yeah. basically runs scored versus runs given up, the Cardinals last place, way behind, a better run differential than the Cincinnati Reds in first place. Wow. That's crazy. That's honestly, that's nuts. That's so crazy. And I'm not saying that's that. That usually, for a lot of the experts, is kind of a predictor of how you know ultimately how a team is. Yeah. Now, granted, both those teams have a negative run differential, which means basically they're they're not <laughs> they're bad. They're not winning teams. Uh, but Cincinnati right now, like I said, I am giving full props. I told somebody uh, a week or two ago when the Reds and Cardinals had very similar records, I said the difference is. The Reds right now, they got a lot of fun, exciting young players. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's really excited about it. Every Cardinal fan that I know, we kind of make eye contact and say, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Because the team has just been so bad and miserable. Yeah. That was part of the conversation last night. I think the Reds are so excited about any glimmer of hope. Yeah. And then Joey Votto comes back and hits a home run, and you're like, yes, Yes. we're going to do it. (laughs) You know, we get some young, good players, and then I forget that we're going to ship them all off by the end of the season typically, but I think this is the year we're going to keep them and make a push. I mean, somebody needs to. We're in the right division for it. Someone's going to win the division. Uh, Why not the Reds? Cardinals and Reds have had a rivalry uh, of sorts over the years. An Never, ugly guess, one, never. like a lot of brawls. Yeah, a lot yeah. of ugly stuff. But uh, but I'm not a, I'm not an anti. I can't cheer for the Cubs. But when it comes to Thank Cincinnati you. Reds, um, I, they got a lot of players. I Votto. Somebody just asked me tonight uh, what I thought about Joey Votto. I said I love Joey Votto. Yeah. Uh, as a person, his his uh, dry sense of humor. Uh, he, as obviously as a player, I think he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that so, take. I don't know if he believes that. Yeah, I mean, well, they asked him about. It, he's like, I don't know yet. You know, I don't want to be the guy that answers that. But sure, well, that's I, what I, Hall of Famers say. Yeah. Well, so, in the division, I, I mean, I'll go one for, except for I think his first ballot Hall of Famer. If you believe that that's a big deal, I think he's man. first ballot. Really? That's. It's a hot take. That is I a like hot that take. Though, but I'm, I'm a Reds fan, it. and I'm like, oh, and maybe. Again, that comes from a Cardinal fan. But yeah. Um, yeah. 
What's know. interesting that that division, uh, the Pirates, nah, I'm kind of indifferent right. about it. The Brewers, I kind of want to cheer. I like their, you know, their their logo and stuff, mm-hmm. but I can't give be given to much drunkenness or much drinking. Exactly. So the Brewers, it's hard to cheer for them as a Christian. I agree. <laughs> So why aren't we all like big like Padres fans? No, like why? I'm not from Milwaukee, so if I'm just running around with a Brewers hat on, people are like, "What do you like? Do you like the team that's kind of good, or do you like drinking a lot?" I'm like, "Neither." So I'm yes. just gonna stay away from it. Just start saying yes to that. <laughs> yeah, why are we not Padres fans well, or I mean, Saints fans? Speaking of like giving into a lot of like drunkenness, the live tour. Um, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to leave baseball yet. If you want to talk more baseball, Rick, which I'm really okay with. I know you got your phone up. I don't know if you're looking at stats still. Uh, um, I was looking at the standings. Actually, you mentioned the Pirates. You know the Pirates have lost eight in a row. I love that so much. And the Cardinals are still four games behind. Them. I know, but, <laughs> but I can't the, wait. the predictor in this was the the card the Cardinals are going to come back up, and the yeah. Pirates are going to go back where they belong. Yes, I'm assuming the Reds aren't going to keep winning game after game after game. I just really want us to get the All Star break hot. Yeah, or and, and and really make it hard to just shit people off. Yeah. I said you know? the same thing about the Pirates. I actually, I don't like. I'm not cheering for them, but I, I don't want them to trade their guys away. I want them to be in in July, into August, mm-hmm. uh, for their fans. Right. The Reds, uh, what haven't, um, what World Championship in '90 and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, playoff appearances are very rare. We the Pirates were, have had only had a, a brief run or two, and their right. window closed. Right. So I, I want I want to see those fans have some success. Yeah, I want the big r- red machine back. I want fans back in the stands, and it seems to be ticket uh, attendance is increasing. Yeah. Tickets were super low. We were joking yeah. about how <laughs> cheap it was to go to Reds game, and Cincinnati as a, as a city needs it. You talk about Memphis. Right. Cincinnati yeah. hasn't always been the um, the the hottest place to show up and go, and it's a nice stadium. Um, it's good for Cincinnati, and it's close to where we're at. You know, right. it's right on the the edge of the Ohio River. Um, we're not that far from a Cincinnati Reds game when you're in Louisville, Kentucky, um, or in, even in this area. So St. Louis and Cincinnati kind of, they, they bid for the same fans. Yeah. You know, the, this kind of 64 corridor, 65 northern corridor here, you're, you're going to have to decide on who you're going to cheer for. Um, so, yeah. And the teams were mentioning, uh, I'm a baseball history guy, Reds, Pirates, those are teams that have a, a rich history with um, success, so obviously going back in the 70s and yeah. further. But, uh, so was it that I guy that gambled? What was his name? Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. <laughs> he was also the guy that had more hits than anybody who's ever played the game. I mean, don't. I mean, he's probably just. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't do steroids. So if he would have done steroids, maybe we could forgive him. I guess so. Barry, <laughs> Barry Bonds isn't making the Hall of Fame, so like, I mean, not yet. Is what it is. I think Barry Bonds deserves it. I think. Yeah. I think. I think baseball lets steroids be a thing, and yep. then they yeah. don't want to honor the commitment. I mean, it's not like they had a handshake about it, but they right. didn't do anything to stop it. I, okay, I need to ask. I've never asked Rick this question. I've always wanted to ask, ask Rick this question from a Ray's baseball boring. perspective. I and you've. I'm assuming you've heard this on the podcast. Is I am all in for steroids in baseball. Let it happen. Make it legal. Rick, what do you feel about that statement? All in on steroids. I, I must have missed that episode. You're going to have to refer me. To he says that he says it off and on a lot. I'm really. here for. It. I think. Yeah. I I think that it's an it's a business. It's an entertainment really? business. I think he's looking for another like Let sponsorship him. from a steroids company. I can't figure it out yet. Yeah. No, I don't know. I could use an inhaler. So like, sure, why not? <laughs> but I, I I mean I know that like as there are baseball purists who think that is like the most ludicrous thing you could ever say, but. 
it is entertaining. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa single-handedly saved baseball, and it was due to corked bats and steroids. Hey, it brought me back. After the strike, I was so mad as a Reds fan. I was yeah. like, I'm done. I don't need this drama. That brought me back. It was yes. it was such a big deal. I remember being at places and watching that, and it brought me back. Yeah. And then everyone wants to complain about it, and it's like, look, you can, have, you can only have it, have it one way or the other, right? Yeah. Um, and the purists, that's the thing of baseball – is kind of managing is the purists want it to be something that it used to be. And moving forward, it's going to have to be something else. And speeding up the game and all those things are good. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we need to, to, to make the game detrimental to players' health with steroids. Yeah. But there are things that can aid people's physical health that I'm sure other leagues are managing in a different way. Yeah. Baseball just needs to come to, the, come to the future. So, Rick, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I can't. I can't uh, you know, the steroid thing that you're mentioning, first off, there's the health ramifications. Uh, I don't even know if we know the full magnitude of that. Um, some of these guys that right. have done so much for that, what that's going to do to them long term. I, I hate what it does to guys who morally they're not going to take that route. Right. And so uh, I, I go, I go way back when you know I look at the, I grew up a baseball fan in the 1980s. Dale Murphy. I remember watching a lot mm, of games on yeah. TBS. And everything you read and hear about Dale Murphy is he's the the one of the best human beings. Yeah. Not just baseball players. Um, would never touch anything, you know. I, I don't have any reason to believe it. Um, so those guys are at a significant disadvantage. Sure, the guys who choose to just—I'm going to natural ability and hard work um, is going to define who I am. Yeah, and uh, suddenly, you know, they're missing out on potential uh, salary and accolades because these other guys, you know, yeah. chose that route. And I'm speaking as one who, uh, yeah. I was cheering nonstop for Mark McGuire in 1998. Yeah. Um, I was at um, at Bush Stadium. We were passing through St. Louis, I think, two or three days before he broke the record. News trucks were everywhere. I saw Joe Buck. I almost ran up to him and, and tried to introduce yeah. myself. But, <laughs> um, but anyways, it was uh, I could sense the, the the excitement, and I was on board with it. Yeah. Um, and and was watching that live. But I looked back and and realized, you know, uh, all those guys. So I yeah, I'm not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not on board with. Hey, just give them to everybody, and because uh, where does that stop? Again, with the health things, right. again, it goes back to the Morant stuff. Uh, yeah. At what level are you going to find suddenly college, high school? I think being transparent about it is a big deal. Say, hey, this is this is what happened. This is what we overlooked. This mm-hmm. is where we made a mistake. Maybe draw some fans back and say, hey, we messed up. We need to be honest. This is where we are moving forward. Yeah. Um, it's tough because the, that kind of medical field and getting an edge up in illegal medicine is always a thing and it always will be. You talked about moral standards. Um, I don't want to yeah. switch gears from the steroids thing, but, uh, but Freeze decided, it was David Freeze decided not to, to go into the Hall of Fame yes. for the Cardinals. Is that a moral standard approach from him? What's, what's his thinking from you guys? Because I'm, um, I'm, I'm not an expert on this one, but I'd like to hear what you guys thought. I was, I was uh, surprised to see it. Um, I, I, I didn't read all his quotes. Mm-hmm. I saw the headline, looked at it a little bit closer. Um, I gathered from what I saw in the headlines that he simply, he recognized all the Cardinal Hall of Famers, and you're talking, you know, big-time Hall of Famers. And even actually the Cardinal Hall of Fame is a little bit different than the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. But they're usually guys that have, have had su- success over a, you know, five- or six-year period of time where right. they were significant players. And Freeze wasn't, wasn't one of those guys. He was a good player. Yeah, he was just, a, but but he had the postseason of a lifetime, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just. I've seen some quotes that say, "Game six, without game six, he's a nobody." 
Now, he was the NLCS MVP that got into the World Series. Right, absolutely. And in the entire did. World Series, in game se- after yes. game six and game seven, they were behind 2 nothing in the first inning, freeze, two run, double to tie it, mm-hmm. and got them back in it, and they won that game. Yeah. He had one big postseason. I think that's what Freeze recognized. He said, I'm not on the same level as these guys. I got hot. Yeah. And yeah. in sports, we all had those moments. We've all probably on the, on the basketball court have had those moments where you feel like I'm hitting everything. Oh, yeah. And just it's a magical moment. Freeze had that moment in October of 2011, mm-hmm. where and, and his, the rest of his career was just simply okay. Yeah. And I think he recognized that, that I was just a one-month, Kind of wonder. I'm not on the same level as those guys. The only thing that I wish he had done differently is uh, when he was nominated for the Hall of Fame. That's when you speak up, yeah, and say, uh, "Yeah, I'm not worthy. That take my name off." Mm-hmm. Instead, after it gets uh, voted in by the fans, then all of a sudden this becomes a thing. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals have had enough publicity that uh, has people rolling their eyes. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, anymore. exactly. Yeah. You know. uh, no, I I agree. I I feel the same way. I I. W- would I still take him in the Hall of Fame because of that postseason? Yeah, I would. I think that's how. I mean, that's how impactful it was. Wasn't that one of your top moments in our top? It five? is yeah. that Game Six of the 2011 World Series, in my opinion, is the greatest World Series game ever played. Yeah. I mean, down to one strike twice. Yeah. To well, I'm then, there for it. Then, yeah. to, to then not only, I mean, you lose that game, you lose World Series, and I mean, partially, you know, Nelson Cruz being a terrible right fielder, um, like. David Freeze is clutch. Yeah. And without him, we don't win that World Series. Well, I like to hear that perspective because I, I wanna I, I wanna cheer for guys who care about the sport more than they care about themselves. Yeah. I think that's cool. And so that's where I would love to hear their perspective on bigger bigger ideas like steroids or bigger ideas on on ball or bat usage or or making the game more offensive yeah. or more defensive minded or this or the um, you know all those different things that they're kind of dealing with right now, so um, I, you know I that's where I respect baseball at a at a more at a deeper level because it is so important on mm-hmm. more than just wins and losses. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's more important to your city. It's more important to your family. It's more important at a, a numerical level at times, yeah. and it, the history of it is such a big thing. Yeah. Important element that maybe overlooked a little bit. Freeze, Freeze is a St. Louis guy. He is. So that local guy, he, the players, the history, and everything. He's he's more um, in tune with that than anybody else. Uh, quick note about the Game Six, 2011 World Series. It's the only time in my entire life, and I, a lot of times I've stayed up late at night watching sports, seeing an incredible moment. It's the only time I went and woke up my wife to <laughs> share with her what had happened, because everybody else, I'm the, I'm watching the game by myself. Everybody else is in bed asleep. And it was so significant, right? What they had accomplished, what they had pulled off, um, the the incredible moment that I had to share it with somebody. Um, I should have called you, Roman. I, it's probably, yeah, it was it's probably midnight. Uh, yeah. You would have been up. Yes, but, absolutely. But again, she was closest. How did Miss Laura respond? Well, what was funny because I think <laughs> how I told her was, Laura, you have no idea what I'm about to describe. You won't understand. That, you know, <laughs> but, but let me just tell you what happened. You know, they tied the game in the ninth. They tied. The, they were down to the last strike in the ninth yeah. and the tenth. They came behind both times. And uh, game seven, you know, I'll let you go back to sleep now. Good night. <laughs> that sounds like our morning um, this morning after we played Euchre last night with my brother Craig. Yes, I hope he listens exactly. to this podcast, but um, but I own him right now, and I just want the world to know. Right. Well, um, I, I don't want to skip away from baseball, but I, we do have a – and we're talking about some really emotional things. I think it kind of could lead into our top five a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. So um, yeah, I'll so let you go with it, Roman. Yeah, our we're drafting today um, what makes sports great. Um, and, and that is a larger, general-ish topic, but 
Um, if there's one thing, and I'm gonna, this is my opinion, and, and Corey, you may agree with me, and Rick, you may not. I don't know. But if there's one thing that I, when I think of Rick Leach, is that I think of a like Rick telling a story. Yeah. And I, this seems to be the perfect draft for Rick to have things like he, a story goes with every pick would be my assumption. Yeah. And it, this seems so fitting to also be able to do it here at camp. Um, also here in this canteen, probably my favorite part of this camp, which may be weird, but like I, it, this seemed like just right. I don't even know how to explain well, it. Well, I'll say the the canteen's typically one of our favorite spots because it's hot here usually, yeah. and the AC works really well. We turn the AC off so you you don't get the background noise. Yeah. And it's a getting a little hot in here. It's getting a so, little hot. So yeah. I will say, Rick, I enjoy your stories. What I enjoy most about your stories is like the little, the sort of youthful giggle that you give whenever you get tickled, <laughs> yes. and it makes my day. So hopefully <laughs> we can get one of those in here. If not, um, we'll 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 edit one in. Right, so. right. <laughs> Rick, you you've listened to the podcast, so you you kind of know how these go. We do a snake. You sure. are a special guest, so you get the first pick of what makes sports great. All right, I appreciate it. Hey, um, you told me uh, this was going to be our draft, and immediately I was like, well. I'm going to have to figure out some answers. Uh, all throughout all my reviews, when I'd send you guys text messages, typically it was about the draft. You know, yeah. who, you, who you over, you know, picked way out of order, who you missed. And uh, so I thought this would be easy. And then you gave me a really, uh, this is a challenging. This is, a, this is interesting. Uh, number one pick for what makes sports great, I'm going to go with the underdog. Man. And, and you what guys talked about sports. Uh, and that's, I know it's kind of general. A lot of these may be general. Yeah. Um, but you guys had the uh, the sports movies. We're grabbing for pins. Yes. <laughs> Scratching underdogs on the list. Good deal. <laughs> I know I told you a minute ago, I only had five things down, and you guys said we're going to do five picks. Well, who's going like, second, you know. by the way? Right, uh, me. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the underdog, you guys were talking about sports movies, I think, in one of the drafts, and, and uh, Hoosiers. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, because of Indiana, I, I, I had it made sure um, just a couple of years ago to visit the uh, the gym in Knightstown. Um, just one of probably one of my top five all time favorite movies, but a lot of my top movies are sports kind of movies based on a true story. Usually involves the underdog, yeah. the David and Goliath kind of scenario. And uh, when you see those things play out in real life, whether it's uh, of course Butler almost beating Duke or right. uh, mm-hmm. those kind of moments. Uh, it's just something that kind of instills in anybody that that anything can happen, you know. And I think again, baseball, probably the most famous or the most well-known sport for me, or the one I'm most familiar with. Um, to hear, uh, uh, you know, Jack Buck thinking about Kurt Gibson's home run in yeah. the World Series, Dodgers A's, 1988, uh, and actually Vin Scully's call when it said in the year that has been. Uh, uh, I think he said something here has been improbable. The the impossible has happened. I may have misconstrued yeah. the quote, yeah. but again, and that that particular matchup, the mm-hmm. Oakland Athletics were looked like they would you know they would sweep the Dodgers away. Mm-hmm. Kurt Gibson was the Dodgers' best player. He was hobbled, and the A's had the the Bash brothers, and and yeah. you know uh, it nobody gave them a chance, and uh, of course that just set the tone. But so, anyways, the underdog. Yeah, is a kind of the general answer I'll give right there to, to start things off. That is a 
That's a popular choice. Fantastic. First yeah. Pick, by the way, I, I love. Oh. By the way, seeing you guys grab your pins and start scratching <laughs> out, uh, when you're doing fantasy drafts and, and you guys have all participated in those, oh, yeah. uh, it's the best feeling ever when you see people kind of frustrated yes. yeah. with your pick. I love um, that you're talking right now, and I'm looking at your list. <laughs> but, <laughs> if I could just um, read your handwriting right, from here, you'd right, be in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> I scribble things good. Uh, all right. So uh, for my first pick, I'm going to go with uh, the lessons that it teaches. Um, oh, look at you, youth minister. Yeah, all right. Youth minister. Well, and and so like I have <laughs> not like on my a, list. I, it's not on your list. That's super okay. Um, I, I mean, and this is from a, the perspective of like you play sports as a kid, and you I mean you get taught a whole lot of things while you play, whether it be a team sport or you, even if it's, you know, it's like tennis, um, or I mean, I, or even like recreationally. Um, yeah. I, I, and this, I try to have a story with most of my picks. The story that I have with this one is I played, like, I don't know, maybe I was nine or 10 and I played for a flag football team for the YMCA. And I think we won maybe one game. Our team was horrible, but it's the Y, so everybody's a winner. And at the end, they gave everybody trophies. And my dad took that trophy from me and threw it in the trash. And he says, winners get trophies. That's right. And, Put that on a T-shirt, baby. <laughs> knowing, knowing your dad makes that all the more enjoyable. That's awesome. Because I can picture him, and, and yes. I'm going to inquire about that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, you know, I, you know it, it's funny. It's a funny story, but, like, I appreciate that. I, I don't believe in everybody's a winner. I'm, yeah. I'm here with the whole, like, give grace and mercy, and I, and I appreciate right. all those things. But, like, when you lose, you lose. Like, there's a scoreboard for a reason. That's a big part of the game. There's a lot of character development that comes from winning and losing. Yes, absolutely. Um, we've even talked about that in with some of our campers and staff this week. Yeah. Of just, hey, sometimes not getting in your way can teach you an important lesson. Mm -hmm. So uh, the lessons learned, that's a, that's a deep moment. I, I like that I'm hearing that from my, my kid's youth minister. Like yeah. I've told a lot of people, I want other people in their lives teaching them lessons that they can learn. I want to see them fail in moments yeah. where they can learn lessons, and then I want to see Roman dominating them on the basketball court. And that's gonna happen on Thursday. <laughs> and, and, and then for basketball game, and then teaching them a lesson with some del delicate, um, you know, teaching moments, I guess. Yeah. So the lessons learned. That's number. That's my first bit. Go ahead. Gordon. I've got two uh, now. Two in, row. Row. two in a row. Um, I'm going with. I'll, I'll call it little league dreams. Like when you're when you're a kid, you you want to be. You talked about the Bash Brothers. I remember hitting home runs or whatever, and then coming in and hitting forearms with your buddy. You know, me and my cousin Troy yeah. were the Bash Brothers because mm -hmm. we were on the All Star teams together, and we would come in and boom. Like we wanted to be those guys. So even the interviews for like Little League World Series where they give their intros and they yeah. talk about you know what they want to do, who their favorite players are, all those things. In those moments, you feel like you are the best player on the field, right? We were talking to one young man here at camp today, and like, what position you play? And he played, I play all of them. My man. And, he, yeah, mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, you're a coach's son, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And he's like, I love to pitch, though. Mm -hmm. And so we said, um, and I think Ashley, one of our uh, other director, Ashley Holt, said, oh, hold on, you like to sit the bench? And he's like, no. And he got mad. He was like, no, I don't like to sit the bench. <laughs> and he, you know, he was, he's convinced that he is – at the highest level he can be. And yeah. there's a small window in your life where that's real. 
Yeah. And even if it's in your backyard or on the on the basketball court and you're playing and mm-hmm. you're taking the last shot, yeah. I'm counting it down and I'm going to do it till I hit it. And Butler's going to win this time against Duke because I'm going to make sure it happens, right? Yeah. And so you have those little league dreams and you know, it only lasts for a while and most of us don't make it to the big leagues, right. but at a certain point, sports mean more when I feel like it means the world to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. Um, that's my first one and then fans. Fans. Take it. I love it. Take it. Yes, Rick. That's off my Mark list. it off your list. Fans. Um, fans make <laughs> fans. sports better. Yeah. I'm writing um, it on my list. And, and I'll, say, <laughs> I'll say golf wasn't as fun until fans started yelling, mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes, right? Or oh, get in the hole, Tiger. Yes. You know? And so you start thinking about what makes sports, I think the, um, what's the waste management? The waste management. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix. that makes yeah. that makes golf better. It does. So sports and fans and not just normal fans, super fans, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, you're talking about people who lose their minds over teams, and it just draws you into that story, and it makes you feel like, if I can't live out my Little League dream, yeah, I can go there and be a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And so you say things like, we almost did it this year, yeah. right? Or that year that we, and you start inserting yourself into that squad, yeah. even though it's not realistic. So, um, yes, um, Little League dreams and then fans. All right, I'm going to add-ish, kind of add on top of that fans no, comment. I don't know if that's fair. And, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to add on to it as well. Uh, hey, um, you say, so i got to let you go first. Yeah, the idea here is like a um, like this, this unity in oh. fandom. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. And I didn't even read Rick's yes. list. Oh, no. This, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rick, you got one more pick before you have to make up another one. I love that so much. <laughs> So, the, man, I mean, it's crazy what sports has done just for the United States alone. Right. I mean, and oh in, my the, in my head, the first thing that comes to mind Say is it. is George Bush. Yes. Throwing the first 9/11, pitch dude. That was nuts. Magical. I mean, oh, talk gosh. about goosebumps. I mean, like, I mean, I remember my USA. dad. My dad's crying watching this, and my mom's like, "Why do you care so much?" <laughs> and it, I mean, it was it was a. I mean, I'm. I mean, at that point, I'm ten. Like, I'm real young, and even I could like recognize and see that like this is a real, this is a big thing, and it was it was so much more than baseball, and it, I, I mean, and, and to even put it on a more personal sense, I am at Winterfest. I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, with um, the church that I was at in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it's maybe one in the morning, two in the morning. The Winter Olympics are on, and um, there's like six of us that are still up. We were like playing cards or whatever. And the USA women's hockey comes on and we could not take our eyes off the screen. <laughs> and there's six of us who have never watched women's hockey in our entire life. And we're losing our minds and we're cheering. And it's just like this moment that like this guy texts me about this after we saw each other at Winterfest a couple months ago. And he was like, you remember that time? We were we were cheering for this women's <laughs> hockey team, and I mean it was crazy how quickly like a sport that you don't even ever watch can like bring you together and like and I don't know I I, I love that a game can do that and. And sometimes there's nothing better because it's exactly what everybody needs. I love it. Rick, I'm going to draw you into a, a moment that kind of speaks to what he's talking about. When we were in, um, you remember what, in Westminster, it's like a assisted living facility there in Clarksville, yes. Indiana. Uh-huh. Um, we were doing a singing once during Christmas in Indiana, Kentucky, we were playing. 
in the Chris, Christian Watford shot. Oh, yeah. Um, I lost my whole youth group at one point. I'm like, why am I the only person here singing? And they're in someone's room they'd never met watching that game wow. because all the Indiana fans were watching that game. That's awesome. And it didn't, it didn't matter if you were young or old, if you knew each other or not. And some of those individuals weren't even in necessarily their healthiest moments or right mind, mm-hmm. but they knew sports brought them into that. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting when you walk past um, Laura Beth. Um, she grew up in Alabama, an Alabama fan. We see another Alabama fan, they say. Or, oh, Roll Tide, right? I'm not that or, way, uh, or you, I see, I see an Indiana sweatshirt somewhere in Virginia, and I'm like, "Go Hoosiers, man!" I mean, so yeah. we're trying to talk it up. There is a unity, father son, yeah. um, across the world, man. I mean, you could, you could unify under, under sports. So, yeah. Right. Hey, I know. So, is it my pick next? It is. You get two oh, in a row. Rick. Okay. All right. This is not my pick. I'm just going to piggyback your answer, though. Because <laughs> I, I he's, realize he's listened to me play this game before. <laughs> now, I realize this didn't qualify. I had written down Team Pride, and then, and then right as uh, it was the coming back to me, I wrote the word unity, and then you mentioned it. Like, you know, <laughs> literally. I think you were watching the motion of my pen over here. Uh, anyway, so but, the, but I was going to take it one step further, but I don't want to cheat. But I was going to say community. Yeah. Uh, and the perspective that I have. So this is not my pick. That's it, our church it, theme, by the way. We got real excited really? about that. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, well, Community, I, again, I, Hoosier is one of my favorite movies. And I just think the the, uh, the pride of a small town, yeah. all the headlights yeah. off, uh, you know, uh, going to the game. And, of course, I, I grew up in Jeffersonville. Um, we had some success in the 80s and 90s, won the state championship in 93, went to a lot of the postseason games. And yeah. you just see that, you know, to drive through, and I'm sure this is other states, but Indiana special when it comes to high school basketball. Yeah. And you see, uh, you know, you drive through and, the, uh, and all the stores have got their windows painted and the signs and, and even in the neighbor's yard. Uh, I moved to Bedford in 2011, and the girls' basketball team went back-to-back I uh, only lost one game in those two seasons. Wow. Uh, my, my daughter and I went to um, all the postseason games. Yeah. Uh, they won again last year. And uh, came, like I said, just it, the, the community again with the community. Mm-hmm. But, again, I know that kind of piggybacks Golly, your Ricky, answer. You're, you're um, taking me back to my childhood. We kept, we kept sectional signs. Oh, because you would repaint them, right? Yeah, so we won yeah. six or seven in a row in, in Harrison County, North Harrison, and they were all in our shed one year. And then we knew we were going to repaint them for the team for the next year. And then you know you would follow the team out, but coming back, the fire trucks are meeting you, and there's a bonfire in the parking yes. lot. I mean, it was yeah. like out of a movie, and you felt like that you were the epicenter of the world. Right. And our sm- those small communities it meant so much. Then before class basketball changed, right. and where beating a team, you had to beat the best teams. But I mean, it was. I mean, that's that's emotional for me. Yeah, so yeah. So Community. I don't like I said. I don't think I can take that answer because it, it really just kind of ties in. Yeah. So yeah. our, our uh, church so theme this year is be the community, and then in, in red it's like be the unity. So really? bringing unity into community. I could talk all night long yeah. about yeah. this. Yeah. We won't though because we're yeah. we eventually people want to stop listening to this. Episode. Gotcha. <laughs> um, gotcha. Well, I'm sure they're so engaged right now that we could probably keep them for another hour or two. Honestly, easy. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, but yes, maybe. All right. I need three? to make an official number two pick then. Oh, this is your no, official. Because I said that. No, it's not official. That was, that was that's, right. Yeah, is that correct? That's, 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 that's too you're close good. to your all's oh, pick, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number two, I will take a. I'm going to do number two and three. And you kind of just, Corey, almost hinted at it a second ago. I was like, don't, I better take this now. Uh, but I'm thinking relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea, here's what I imagine. I imagine uh, Field of Dreams, you know, another one of those classical movies. Oh, you think about the father-son relationship yeah. and, yeah. hey, let's have a catch. Uh, and, again, I take myself back to personal moments. Mm-hmm. The reason why high school basketball, my dad, we went to all the games, yeah. had season tickets. 
As that was the one thing Friday and Saturday nights. We went to a lot of the road games. I know a lot of places in Indiana just because I've been there. I watched a basketball game. Yeah. I did I have not been in your town except for the high school gym. Yeah. Um so the like I said, the father son relationship that I have kind of had those moments with my kids where I've taken them to games. Sometimes we've gone out of town to games. It's kind of special. Um, those moments, uh, and it's kind of the foundation for our love of sports. Uh, my love, I'm a Cardinal fan mm-hmm. because the Louisville Redbirds moved to town in 1982. That's the Cardinals AAA team at the time. Yeah, I'm eight, nine years old, starting to pick up a few baseball cards here and there, mm-hmm. and it's just perfect timing. You know, yeah. that, that's the Cardinals team, and I'm watching those players as they, you know, uh, go up to get called up to the Cardinals. So, uh, relationships, I guess, if that's kind of my answer, and yeah. you kind of get where I'm going with that. Yeah. Uh, third, my then back to back, second of the day back to back picks, I'm going to go with uh, teamwork. Teamwork. Okay. Teamwork. Yeah. Uh, and I know that little bit almost like that, like that, you know, that you mentioned the life lesson, but it's the idea of, of working together. I love. I love teams. This is why I don't follow the NBA as much as I used to, because I feel like the, the teams were more, you know, now it's all about the superstars. Right. Kind yeah. of joining forces. You know, the two are, you know, you got to have every, t- it's almost like, uh, I think I've seen it said before, you know, a team has to have two superstars in order to win or, or maybe even three, you know. Um, I grew up in a lot of, like I said, the teams was always kind of a special thing. I, I preached on this actually just recently talking about the idea of, of the jerseys without the names in the back yeah. because it was all about playing. you're playing for the same team. Um, some of my favorite teams were, were teams that had, uh, you know, just kind of a, you know, had all the different, they fit so well together. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you, you elaborated a lot about it. You guys talking about NBA and seeing uh, some of these trades and, ha- and how these pieces fit together. But I just don't see that as, as evident, at least in the NBA level. But whether it's basketball, baseball, or anything, the idea of teamwork and the lessons that kind of uh, go with that are yeah. what makes sports special. because uh, And that translates into life when you're um, hopefully, you know, whatever. We're fortunate in ministry because we, um, uh, you know, we, we want to engage with others. Right. And, and and make sure we're on the same page and, and unity again is part of that. Um, but for anybody listening to this, you know, if you're a part of an employer that you're, mm-hmm. you know, um, on the same page, working for the same cause, yeah. uh, whatever that may be, some kind of for-profit business or anything else, but teamwork. Yeah. Go with that. All right. Um, my. Oh, hold on. Is it mine? It's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My <sighs> third pick um, is. <laughs> The uh, where were you moments? Okay. The like iconic, big, iconic, crazy moments. I love that pick because it's not not on my list. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I imagine that you guys probably have a general idea where you were when Kurt Gibson hit that home run. Or I know exactly where I was when David Freeze, you know, won the 2011, you know, game six. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I even know where I was when you know, Kevin Garnett yelled, anything is possible. I mean, like, and and that's not even like a crazy highlight, but like those are things that it's, you know, I, I, the highlight plays are crazy. Yeah. I mean, like ESPN does it literally every single day. And so I, I think it's cool that we can continuously be awed by some of this stuff on a regular basis. Like I have watched thousands of baseball highlights and, I still kind of freak out when someone robs a home run, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but, I mean, and obviously we'd be a little more specific, obviously, with, with people who are hitting, 
or you know, re, you know, game winning postseason home runs. It's, it's a different level, but it can be a sickness for me, man. I remember when Steve Bartman. Yeah. Messed yeah. Up oh the, yeah, the absolutely. I was I was in in the gym, Freed Hardeman. Yeah. And we, I'm not in the the school gym. I was on Main Street mm-hmm. at the at the gym, running on a treadmill, watching that game. And I was like, I'm kind of done running, but I don't want to stop watching this game. Yeah. And that moment, I was like, Oh my goodness! I'm looking around and no one's paying attention. I'm like, There's got to be someone to share the story <laughs> with, right? Right. And then you know they still could have got it together and won that game. But I mean, even not even the iconic like awesome moments. It's like I've never seen that happen before. Right. Moment. It's like it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I, I love, you know, and it's because I think for me it starts with, like, and I don't know if you guys, I don't, I don't want to potentially like hurt your feelings, but for me it starts like it reminds me of, like old men from church telling me about like where they were when something crazy happened. We were literally um, doing that today where Rick said, I wish we took better notes on what happens at camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we really cherish these moments and they, they get brought to the the top yeah. when you're here, but you kinda they fade when you're away and to write them down, this podcast is a this is a unique podcast. This one be special for us because we're kind of in a moment mm-hmm. talking about moments. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That was uh where were you moments? All right, go ahead. All right. So this is my third pick. Yes. Um comeback stories. Okay. Yeah. You know, somebody's been injured, you know, that's um you know, we're talking about Kirk Gibson. You know, that's that's one of those moments, right? You, you kind of count them out. Um, players that you don't think that have a chance or they're out or they're done, they make movies about it. But comeback stories, um, even like coaching comebacks or, um, you know, teams that have been um, kind of bad for a while and then they re- revive the city, you know, with, um, with what they're doing. So a, co- a good comeback story. I think is important and not as important as an underdog story. Right. Yeah. But the comeback is like I was once on top and something happened. Yeah. You know, I want that to be for John Morant. I want that to be for some of these guys where they come back and they're strong. Tiger Woods, man. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Mas- winning that Masters uh, straight up. I walked out of, of church. The I know. I walked out of the <laughs> church building to watch that in my car. That's, that's the privilege of the youth minister. Right. 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 <laughs> I regret it. Zero. There's zero <laughs> regret from that. I listen. That's a once in a lifetime moment, I, and it's a comeback story. But that's how important it was. Yeah. I cried in my car. Like, <laughs> it was incredible. It, that was a where were you moment for me too. Yeah, yeah. So, right. It's kind of both. Yeah. It's, I have my fourth now. Yeah, you do. All right. Now I gotta be. I gotta be good about this because I think I've got one that none of y'all are gonna pick. I'm going with venues. Okay. We talk about Indiana yeah. basketball. Yep. High school basketball yeah. in Indiana is different. The venues are bigger. Sure. Um, I know exactly. I could close my eyes what um, 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 Springs Valley's basketball court looks like when you come in from the parking lot and you see Larry Bird's jerseys and it's yeah. this sunken gym. Um, the venues, Fenway Park, Boston Gardens, you think of some of these places. They're iconic. Yeah. Baseball fans will travel and try to hit them all. Rick, I'm sure yeah. you've done a bunch. Yeah. Um, basketball fans are sort of the same way. And when you're in those moments in those places – you feel the ghosts of past. You see the sure. jerseys in the in the, yeah. in the in the rafters, um, and in Assembly Hall and I at IU, you got the banners hanging, and I'm taking a photo in front of it because at that venue, I feel like I'm part of that team. So the venue, man, it brings back all the emotion. Yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier today. You mentioned we were talking youth events, uh, the youth rally in Bloomington, Indiana. Did you go it out on the floor? Yes. On the yeah. Yep. I took kids up there, went out there, yep. and uh, on the floor, and I'm not even, I'm not diehead IU fan. I love Indiana because I'm lord of the state, mm-hmm. but stood out there on the floor, looked up at the banners. Uh, they throwed some basketballs out yeah. there. I, I took two shots, made them both, and thought, okay, I'm, I'm out. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, okay. even last year, we were here at camp. Yeah. Silas, one of our campers, I'm not going to give you a first and last name with a camper necessarily, yeah. but um, he was t- doing yes. basketball camp. Dad got sick. We were able to That's go right. pick him up. You were take dead. Him, Both and two, we got to two go dads. out there and pick him yes. up and see the players out there, see the kids at basketball camp, yes. and it still yeah. brought chills. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good answer. I didn't really get chills. But All right. The venue. It was cool. All right. The venues are app- spot on. Um, All right. And for me, I feel like my list has been kind of like mushy, but um, you're going to get another one, I guess. Okay. And that's like sort of what we're doing right now. And that's like talks with people about the games or about whatever yeah. after the fact. I'm, and maybe even some of that's at, at a bit like even like giving hot takes and like kind of like, you know, you know, jabbing at your friends. Or Waking whatever. your wife up in the middle of the night, you telling know, her something yeah. she doesn't yeah. want to hear. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all, I, I have always enjoyed like, <laughs> You know, if if the Cardinals win big, like I call my dad, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, and and maybe that's yet again we're getting a little you know mushy, but like <laughs> I love that. I, yeah. I I love like I cannot wait to do this podcast on a regular basis because I love talking about sports. Craig Lamb, Craigular Joe, as you call him. Craigular Joe. He calls my dad yesterday for Father's Day a day late, by the way, so all the listeners know wow. a day late. And they all talk, all I did was talk about Indiana basketball. That's hilarious. I That's mean, awesome. And then though. we're I not even that. in season. We're yeah. talking about recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about recruiting. We're not even talking about practice. Practice? practice. Recruiting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It is... Yeah, I mean, it's literally what we're doing right now, so it seems kind of like I'm cheating, but this is, it, I don't know, it brings so much joy. And I know not only to me, I know other people care about this um, because I don't. you guys can't see this, but every time you guys talk about Indiana basketball, you get louder, and yeah. <laughs> it is hilarious. Like, I can I can literally watch it happen on, like, because I can see, like, the, the volume right. changes, and it is it. Every single time, I'm just trying not to touch the knobs louder. on the thing. It, you guys right. made fun of me when I wasn't here. <laughs> but so. it's, it's, it's. I don't know. I think it's kind of a beautiful thing yeah. that like some hey, other people th- playing. Thank like, you for you calling can, me beautiful. No, not you guys. What you say? <laughs> All right. So yeah, the 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 conversations that happen like post game and hot takes or whatever. Sure. So. All right. So I got four and five now. My yes, final two. Yes. Yeah, your All final right. Two. Excellent. I got two that I, that we haven't covered, so I'm thrilled about that. <clears throat> I'm not saying hurry up, but this is cooler <laughs> than I'm sitting on. And literally, it's a it's We're a, sitting, like an I'm also cooler. sitting on a cooler. <laughs> it's um, it's it's losing its comfort. I hope all these chocolate bars don't start melting here. <laughs> all right, my two answers uh, here for number pick number four is going to be uh, what makes sports great is is fantasy sports. Uh, I'm oh, a big fantasy okay. sports player, and it ties in a little bit. But I think this is a unique enough answer. But the idea of it brings people together. Yeah. Uh, I now I got to tell you when I tell you talk about sports stories, I am a very very early adopter of fantasy sports. I know a lot of people play, millions and millions of people play. But uh, my first couple of experiences of fantasy baseball took place in the 1980s. Um, I saw an ad in the back of a magazine, and I had to like send in information and a money order, I think, to um, get a team. I had to call a long-distance number to make changes to my roster, uh, and I think you had to pay a little fee or something for it. And at the time, I was like a teenager. Um, also, I had another time where I drafted in a local baseball card shop in New Albany, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> went in there with a bunch of adults. My dad went with me because I wasn't driving. I was probably 14 years old. Yeah. And... Um, uh, drafted in like a smoke-filled, you know, everybody's got cigars oh, except yeah. for me, and we're drafting baseball players. And they kept stats with their, uh, like on their 
they, with their you know box scores yeah. and kept that. Wow. This was way before Yahoo. Um, but now, the last couple of years, I'm involved with some drafts. A lot of them online, yeah. but I got some folks locally. We draft in person, mm-hmm. and it is one of my favorite experiences of the year because, I again, know, we're boy, sharing those exactly. moments together. What's the fantasy baseball <laughs> game that you play at camp? Uh, and then we got yeah we got a superstar baseball game made by Sports Illustrated in the seventies mm-hmm. that several guys play. Um, they don't make it anymore. If you want to find it, you got to go on eBay and pay probably through the nose uh, because it's it's kind of rare. And and uh, yeah, we still play that uh, when when guys get together and um, and but again that goes a little bit with the relationships because you mentioned yeah. it just ties people together and connect in the story and all this stuff is is that's a some similarities. That's a story of. Uh, of a time that I don't even understand, and I'm older than you, and not yeah. saying that you're old, but like it's beautiful to talk about the commitment to sports and sports fandom at that level yeah. because it's easy to draft and do it online. Yeah. The apps make it do it all for you. It's not easy to win. It takes work. Yeah, I don't know if you know that yet, Roman. It takes work it, to win. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I, I where I thought you were going to go with that early with that fantasy baseball is I was, I you know Rick. Asked me to be on his fantasy baseball league one time, <laughs> and I accepted, and I shouldn't have. That's the reality. I should not have. I'm so I want to apologize here on the podcast, Rick. I'm sorry because <laughs> I didn't put in the work, and that was I'm sure it was glaringly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I came in last place, and if I didn't, yeah. whoever else that was, shame on you. They, you were terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it. Like fantasy baseball is no joke. Yeah, like that is that is real work. Like fantasy ba- fantasy football is a few changes every now and then. Fantasy baseball is every single day. Rick, I don't know how you do it. Super impressive. Also, sorry that I was not what I should have been <laughs> in that league. Oh, a little confession. That's all right. Hey, that's good for it. Hey, uh, so num- pick number five. Then for me, um, I'm going to the joy of victory. Joy of uh, now I'm going to tell you again, quick stories, and I, and I know I've been talking a lot here. You got me started, and this is I'm passionate about all this stuff. But uh, I know that I know you know the what's the agony defeat, the old yes, what, yeah. the ABC Wild World of Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the agony defeat, 1985, mm-hmm. Game Six, Cardinals World Series. Yeah. The umpire blows a call. Mm-hmm. I'm let's see, I just turned 12 years old. Uh, tears in my eyes. Yeah, I felt like that game was the World Series was taken from us and we got destroyed the next night yeah. uh, 11 to nothing game seven lost to the Royals um, so I know the agony um, <clears throat> here's an interesting tidbit that you don't know about me but uh, I'm the the Pistons are the team that I claim is an NBA fan mm. uh, that started in the 80s only because hey they had Isaiah Thomas and as a kid I'm like well he played at IU he's, he's Indiana yeah you know and, and he's a small guy and I'm not a big guy so you know just kind of following him um, and so when the Pistons played the Celtics and were trying to break through and the famous call, Bird steals the ball, yeah, you know, right. um, I'm heartbroken. Now, I love Larry Bird yeah. because he was from Indiana. Yeah. But I remember watching that game thinking, we just beat the Celtics on their floor. And 10 seconds later, it's, yeah. we're, we're, we're out. You know, this game, the game's over. And while the series wasn't over. You knew it was over. I think you, know? you, I yeah. think you may have just taken my last one. By oh, the way. I, you may but have the, also taken my last one. So, I had well, that jo- word, it is when my team wins. Okay. But when, oh, that's well, not the, what I was going to say. And so. then, so the joy of victory, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a Louisville basketball fan. I was born in Louisville so, yeah. and live across from Louisville. So uh, Louisville's had some champions. They've had some heartbreak. How many championships um, do you claim in Louisville? Uh, I claim three okay. uh, um, because I was, yeah, around and, and watched all three, including in 2013. Even, even the banner that was taken down? In 2013. Right. I watched it. I have I'm a there DVD. with you. 
I have a DVD copy of it. I still watch it. I love the um, I watch, uh, <laughs> for those that are any Louisville fans that are tuned in, um, at the, the Louisville-Michigan game, you know what I'm talking about. At the end of the first half, Louisville went. Luke Hancock hit four three-pointers in yeah, about two or three minutes. Yes. Uh, Montrez Harrell came up with a monster dunk to get in the lead. They were way behind, and they just went on this tear. And, I mean, you know, I just, you know, watching that game. But the joy of victory, as much as, again, there are lessons to be learned in loss. Right. And losing, you're going to experience loss. Yeah. But there is something about uh, whether it's a – it doesn't have to be a championship, although those moments with Louisville or the Cardinals in 2011 right. or um, uh, 2006 before that, um, sometimes it's a single game, the, the Watford game. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not an IU fan, but I, I came to my feet. And immediately posted on Facebook. It's and you know how much I was proud to be from Indiana. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. an Indiana guy. Yeah. Um, and is that because of your <coughs> hatred for Kentucky? Uh, just a I mean, little I'm bit. There. And for me, it was my team and the team that I can't stand. Exactly right? that and that particular Kentucky, Kentucky team. That particular Kentucky team and I, a lot of the Kentucky fans. I got a lot of friends that love Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and so this is not directed to most of them. Uh, but I know a lot of Kentucky fans who were extremely arrogant. Yeah. Uh, at, <laughs> you know, and that team, <laughs> that Kentucky team with Anthony Davis, am I right? Oh, Wasn't that the team with Anthony Davis? I don't remember. I don't know. I have to look back. I thought it was the team with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, and I really, as far as w- that ended up winning the championship, didn't they beat Indiana then in the tournament and won the championship? Um only lost. I think. I think Kentucky lost two games that year to Indiana, yeah. and then in the SEC tournament. That was John Wall, uh, Anthony Davis year, right? No, John Wall was Calipari's first year. Okay. They they lost to West Virginia uh, in the tournament, and That's I was right. really happy about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure on that. Yeah. Anyways, so it can be a single game. The joy of victory. Uh, and I I got to be honest is when sometimes I watch a game from a neutral perspective, some big moment happens, a game in a game winning shot, a, a bottom of the ninth walk off hit, and I I celebrate the moment, and then sometimes I'm thinking, man, there are fans and yeah. there are teams, players that are just suffering. Yes, you know I, I see both sides, but uh, but there's something about the joy of victory, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it ties in with the comeback story or or overcoming adversity or um, again David versus Goliath, but um, so the joy of victory yeah. is my answer. So I was – it's an interesting because, I, I mean, it, maybe it's more of a piggyback. Like, I had the emotions um, of, like, watching an up-and-down game. Um, but I'm not going to say that now because I think it's, it's too close to what that is. Um, so now I'm going to go with rivalries. I think okay. that's a good I like one. It. I, I think – I mean, you, you have it in, in every sport. Like, I'm a Cardinals fan, so, like, the Cubs, like, whatever. Like, I, they, they could stop playing baseball right now, and I wouldn't be sad. They market sports on rivalry. But then, yeah, exactly. Sure. But then also, like, I would be sad a little bit because then it's like, okay, what – you know, the Cardinals, like, marquee matchup. Like, even if, you know, neither one of them are having a season, which doesn't happen for the Cardinals except this year, apparently. Like, it, right. it, that rivalry matters. That game, those games are sold out every single time. Um, or – I, I'm an Auburn fan, so like the Iron Bowl is crazy. Like, and and what's and what I love about rivalries is that more often than not, the record doesn't matter. Right. And and it's it's almost always a good game. Like I remember the year uh, Cam Newton uh, was playing for Auburn, and they were down 24 at halftime, and 
come back and win, and I'm in Alabama with all my family, <laughs> and I'm the only Auburn fan, and I'm like, ah, I mean, hey, oh my gosh. We were at my brother's house <laughs> with his family who are split, Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And my mom and dad were there for Thanksgiving. Yes. With um, our Indiana family. Right. We did not know what was going on, and we made a secret <laughs> pack next year. We're going to Cracker Barrel. We can't do this. <laughs> this is too charged. I know what you're talking about, man. They, they, they market rivalry games. They mark the calendar by it. Sports are like highlighting it. It is yeah. real. And it, what it gives you is for a, a fan of a team is you're trying to win a championship. But if I right. can't win it all, at least I can beat my rival. Yes, right. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's a secondary championship. There's trophies for that. The old, the, uh, the old oaken bucket for Indiana, Purdue and football. You kind of you get excited about those the obscurity of some of that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Corey, we were already talking about high school basketball. So what was uh, for you? What Cordon. was the rivalry? Cordon. Cordon. Yeah. North Harrison, South Harrison. Yeah. Yep, and so Corden was our rival. Yeah, uh, I was Jeffersonville, so New Albany. Yeah, yeah, was the big school. There were other teams, but New yeah. Albany. Jefferson, yeah, New Albany was, was relevant the game. in that, but it was real, and it was yes. You know, yeah. you, you had to be yeah. careful in those rivalry games because the the, the pranks and the lead up to it. You know, right. some of those type of things. Yep, yeah, for, for us it was Corden. All right, All right. Corey, last pick. Last pick, and last pick is going to lead to something really important. I had to talk today, so I'm going to do two two birds with one stone. Why right. Not? Um, last pick is sort of big personal achievements, yeah. um, records, mm-hmm. um, big, uh, things like that. So when you think, oh, that'll never be broken, and then suddenly someone goes to that next level, and you're like, wow, sports yeah. has changed in this moment. Yep. Or um, the way sports is played is different in this moment because of those big personal achievements. And so um, I think that's a big deal. And I think personal achievements are a, a, a driving force for you as an athlete or even as not an athlete but a fan of sports. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. We were playing Frisbee golf nine holes today. Yeah. And I am deep in the woods after I found my my – disc and i'm just glad i found it yeah and at that point i'm like my personal achievement is to get this in and two shots from here like i'm driven in that way yeah and so just just trying to like analyze the game and really make it mean something right Right. um today i also got a call from uh, chris lowe that's oh yeah that's caleb lowe's dad and he's like hey do you have a moment can you call me yeah and they had just picked up both caleb's they're traveling if you haven't heard the story they're traveling from virginia to washington yeah um they're they were heading through Chicago and Indiana. Um, they were heading. They got to go to a wedding, so the wedding is in Nashville this weekend. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. So, uh, mom and dad, uh, Chris and Angela, are sojourning, going wow. out and working in Oregon at a youth camp, that's and they crazy. come come back that's through. So cool. They meet the boys. They pick up their bikes, mm-hmm. and I got to talk to both of them today. That's awesome. And they dad referenced them as Big Al and Mingo, so it's like the, yeah, <laughs> the nicknames yes. have stuck. That love Funny. that. And so I will say because they seem so excited about. Um, the opportunity to sort of start that with a spiritual focus. I did get the chance to pray with them. That's cool. They jokingly said every Thursday they stop and listen to our podcast, and that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) And they laughed about it, which is awesome. But it was good to hear from those young men. And is this a groundbreaking personal achievement across sports? No, but it's pretty impressive. I ran a marathon once. Probably never do it again. Right. But it it is a... it is a trophy or something that I yeah. keep onto because it was a big mental achievement and physical achievement for me. Right. So those big personal achievements. Shout out to the Caleb's. They're going to be back on the road soon after the wedding. They said, cool. and they're going to try to end and then um, set up their departure. So they're, I love that. they're making it. That's awesome. Well, this was fun. Yes, I, this was an this was an episode that like I was a little worried about because like this place means a lot to me. Oh, I thought it was because James wasn't here. No, I'm worried no. too. I miss James. I do miss James. Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss hearing James. I'm a um, big James fan. I think I've texted you guys. Yes. That uh, yeah, I, I want to meet James at some point. Yeah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean it. This I mean this was 
the draft went exactly the way that I wanted it to go yes. with stories and like you guys getting excited about saying Indiana 50 times and like <laughs> it's fantastic. Hey, go Cincinnati Reds. Hey, I, if anyone, you know they're in first place right now. If anyone, <laughs> like genuinely, if anyone listens to this episode and you send me how many times between Rick and Corey, Indiana was said out loud. I will personally send you a Chick Fil A gift card. Whatever. Nick glasses like, all over that. I that oh my gosh, that would be so incredible. Oh my, that'd be that. I would love that so much. Um, but I, I thank you, Rick. Thank you for, for hey, doing thanks this. Thanks for the invitation. People don't know how late this is, but it's uh, 1.30 in the morning. What? Well, and um, thank you, Rick, for having us here. Yes. For having us on your staff, for trusting in, in us to be a part of this. Yeah. And to not only have us on your staff, but be your friend. Mm-hmm. And, and and these are different generations of men sitting in yeah. this room. Yeah. But we're drawn together not just because of sports, but because of this camp and uh, the legacy that it brings for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that, and I'm glad that we can unapologetically talk about that. Sure. I've appreciated uh, a lot of joining you. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to you guys, and I love the idea of church league. Where obviously, there's uh, uh, some times when elements of faith and, and ministry are kind of involved in the discussion. But uh, we share all we share passion for that, passion for sports, and uh, I love you both of you, both you guys. Love you too, Rick. Hey, hey, thank you guys for joining us this week. Uh, hopefully you join us next week. Have a good one.